Welcome to the Christian Faith Fellowship Church podcast. We are a church that believes in praying, going, and life-changing discipleship in Jesus. We are so glad you've joined in for this message. If you enjoy what you hear, follow us to stay connected with our future updates and podcasts. This is part six of Red Thread. Grab a Bible and a notebook and get ready to learn. Here we go. Strongholds bowing to the Savior. Every knee shall bow and that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Amen. So again, as Miss Brandy brought out, Good Friday, we're going to do two services instead of one to spread it out. We will have the overflow open that night if you still would like to be in a separate area. And then Easter, we're going to have three services, 830, 10. And 1130, and we'll have the overflow and possibly another room open to kind of spread it out. Amen. We want you in church for Easter Sunday. Amen. We missed it last year. We ain't, bad English, but I don't care. We ain't missing it this year. Amen. Amen, church family. Thank you for coming to church today. And again, happy spring. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Got a lot to give you today, so want to get right into it. Father, we bless you and thank you. And thank you again for your word. It never returns void. It accomplishes that which it's sent forth to do. Today, as we talk about your son, the special one, the unique one, Jesus, I thank you for your anointing in this place to bring deliverance, to bring healing, to bring provision in every area. And I thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you go ahead and turn with me to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Today we're going to find Jesus in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the Bible. But I want to take you to Luke chapter 4 first. Because there's an important things that I want you to see in Luke chapter 4 that are going to connect over to Deuteronomy. Amen? So Luke chapter 4, I believe all the scriptures I'm using today are from the New King James Version, so you can just open that on your phone, or there's Bibles in the back if you want. Here we go. Then Jesus being filled, everybody say filled. There is a filling of the Holy Ghost, amen. There's a filling of the Holy Ghost, can I get an amen? They didn't have the filling of the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament, we have it in the New Testament. It came, he came, not it came, he came on the day of Pentecost, glory to God. And he filled them and they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. After being born again, I believe with all my heart, the next most beautiful gift you can receive is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I thought I had the Holy Spirit once I get saved. Yes, you do. But there is a point of having or having your cup over flowing and that's what the baptism is all right here we go then jesus being filled with the holy spirit he returned from jordan he was led by the spirit into the wilderness now the holy spirit led him here we're talking about jesus here amen people say oh god you know put me through this test or i was tempted by god you were not let no man say when he is tempted i am tempted by god you're tempted by your own lust, amen? But this Jesus had to go through these because he is our substitute. We identify with him, amen? In other words, he took the bad 
so we get the good, all right? Everybody with me on this, all right. So he was led by the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted. That word tempted there, a better translation would be to be tested and tried for 40 days of the devil. So can you imagine? We're going to look at three temptations or trials or tests that our Lord went through. But the scripture says he was tried and tested for 40 days. And he was tried and tested by Lucifer himself, right? Here we go. And in those days, he ate nothing. So this is a 40-day fast. And afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. I've never fasted 40 days. Dear Lord, I can barely do the three-day or 40 days, right? So here he is, 40 days. They say when you're on a prolonged fast, your body's hunger shuts down. You're not hungry anymore. And you can go those prolonged days like that. But. Once you get hungry again, starvation is now set in. It's interesting how the devil waits till we're at our weakest at times to come and attack us. That's why it's so important to stay strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So when things come against us, we got our sword of the spirit and we're ready to fight these things. Are you with me, church family? All right, watch what it says. He was tempted 40 days. He was hungry. And the devil said to him, look what he says. If you are the son of God. Circle that word if we'll talk about it a little later. If you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. So what did he tempt him with? The area that he was the weakest in right now. He is starving physically. And the devil says, hey, if you're God's son, if you're really God's son, tell these stones, God can do anything. Tell these stones to become bread. Verse 4. But Jesus answered him, hey, don't pick on me. I'm the son of God. Hey, don't you know who I am? Now, this might flip some of you out, but I created you. People sometimes have a little problem. How did God create Satan? No, he created Lucifer as good, and Lucifer became an evil. Pride was found within him, all right? Hey, I created you. He didn't say any of that. He went to what we're supposed to use. He went right to the word of God. Nowadays, we make statements like, I declare, that's great, or I confess, and that's great. But Jesus said, say it with me, it is written. It is written. It is declaring the word from his tongue. And he made this statement. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Or bread alone by, by every word of God, as Luke says here. This scripture is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. And I, I want you to see that because we're talking about the red thread and we're looking at Deuteronomy here. Now, Jesus, we know, was taught by his parents the things of God. Parents, that is our responsibility. The Bible says that God chose Abraham, Abram, who became Abraham, because he knew that he would raise his children right. 
that responsibility falls on mom and dad or a single mom or a single dad to raise our children that they know the word of God. Don't get so busy. Don't let your kids just be playing games all day long. You let them read the word of God. You let them see the word of God. You let them understand the word of God. That is your responsibility. Mary and Joseph, we know they took Jesus to be circumcised at eight days old. We know that they took him to the Passover feast. We saw that last week when he was 12 years old. We know that Jesus was taught the word of God. I don't, we know Mary was alive throughout Jesus' entire age. We don't know. History doesn't know when Joseph passed away, but we know he was still in the picture when Jesus was 12 years old, right? But after that, we don't know. We don't see anything about Joseph anymore. But they taught him the law. They taught him the word of God. All right? Everybody with me? Number two, verse five. Then the devil took him up. That's one's important. Watch, follow with me. On a high mountain. He showed him the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. So at that flash, Jesus saw the Babylonian Empire, Media, Persia, Greece, Rome, Russia under the czars, the United States, all the kingdoms of the world. And he showed them all these in a moment of time. Now watch. And the devil said to him, watch what he says, watch this. All this authority I will give you and the glory. For this has been delivered to me. Interesting statement. When was it delivered to Satan? Hey, guys, if this was a lie, Jesus would have responded to it like it was a lie. He would have said, you're a liar. So this is truth that the devil is speaking right here. And he's saying, all this authority has been given to me. When did this authority come to him? Right from Adam at that moment. When Adam and Eve committed high treason, they took the authority. Think about the authority that man had. Psalm 8. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that you visit him? For you, you crowned him with honor and glory. Guys, as Paul, Paul was taken up into heaven. And he was shown things. He says, I can hardly even talk about him. And he makes this statement. Eyes have not seen nor ears heard, nor is entered into the heart of man what God has in store for us. Right here, all of this authority of all the kingdoms of the world was under Satan's control, and it still is. It still is. He is still called the prince of the air. He is still called little g, God of this world. And until Jesus Christ returns again, that's why we have such evil in the world. Don't blame God. Put the blame where it belongs on the devil. Amen. Now watch. He says, for this has been given to me and I give it to whoever I wish. What an arrogant snot. Do you remember the story in Job? When Job, when Satan walks in on God and, and God says, where you been? And he says, I'm just walking around my world I thank God for Genesis 3.15 devil he's going to bust your head 
Amen. Our Savior. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whoever I will. Therefore, if you will worship me. Oh, man. All will be yours. I'll give it all to you. All you got to do is kneel down and worship me. And Jesus answered him and said, Get behind me, Satan. Come on, say it with me. Ready? For it is written. Come on, say it with me. For it is written. What is written? Deuteronomy 6.13, Deuteronomy 10.20. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Two times. Word of God. The Bible says his word is like a two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrows, discerning the very thoughts and the intents of the heart. Isn't it interesting that when you go over to Ephesians, you see that armor of God, right? Helmet of salvation, uh, breastplate of righteousness, loin girt about with the truth, uh, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, on and on. All defensive weaponry. But then it says, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the, the only offensive weapon we have, is the Word of God. Amen? Verse 9, ready? Then he brought him to Jerusalem. He set him on the pinnacle, the very high part of the temple, and he said to him, here we go again, if you are the Son of God. Do you remember just a little time before in Luke chapter 3, verse 22, it says this, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon Jesus, and a voice came from heaven which said, come on, some of you know it, you are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. And here the devil says, if you are the son of God. Yet God just spoke from the, from the sky, right? And said, this is my beloved son. This is the way the devil works. He tries to put doubt into our minds. Is there really a God? Is there really a heaven? Does God really do that today? Maybe miracles were for Yesterday, anybody know what I'm talking about? If you are the son of God, go ahead and throw yourself down. Watch this. For it is written. Who just said it is written? The devil. The devil can take scripture and use it, but he takes it out of contents. You look at the majority of cults out there today. They believe in scriptures, but they mess it up this is why i always say to you enjoy the oriole effect with cookie up uh, with cookies yeah with cookies with the word of god when you get a scripture what is it saying before and what is it saying after and then eat the middle part amen make sure that you're keeping scripture in line you know people just oh i just gotta find the verse Ooh. You can get a trouble finding that. You still love me today? All right. Happy spring, everybody. The devil starts quoting scripture. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in their hand, and they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. That's right, Pastor. I can jump off a mountain and nothing's going to happen to me. No, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you jump off a mountain. You're going to die. You're going to die because there's something on planet Earth that's called the law of 
gravity. Anybody know that thing? You ever trip on a step? You don't just float, do you? Amen. Diane's sister just recently fell off a step, broke her hand. They just didn't start floating, right? Listen, guys, what goes up? You guys know that song. Huh? All right, all right. So here he quotes the scripture. He tempts Jesus the same way he tempts us in different areas. Oh, nothing's going to happen if you watch that on the internet one time. What's one puff going to do? <laughs> All right, let's keep going on. And he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in their hands, and they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. That's found in Deuteronomy 6.16. Even verse 13 is important. Watch. And when the devil had ended every test, trial, temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Do you see that? So the devil leaves you alone at times, and then he comes back. Again, anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, things are going good, then bam, something happens. And things, uh, the old say, um, the, the scripture over in Ephesians, I think it's 6, uh, 10, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Anybody remember that? That's an old military phrase that means after you've won a battle, get ready for another one to come. Amen. Oh, I don't have battles. <laughs> you ain't breathing, amen. <laughs> Let's put it out there. How many here, you know, you're married, you got kids, you got a job, you, you got church people, <laughs> whatever. Life has stuff, amen. So this is interesting. Of the three temptations, trials, tests that the devil brings against Jesus, Jesus uses the scripture from the book of De Deuteronomy to defeat the devil every time. The book of Deuteronomy is the last book of the uh, Pentateuchs, the five first book in the Bible that were written by Moses. So far, we have seen Jesus in Genesis. He is the Lamb of God who gave himself for us. In Exodus, he is our Passover's Lamb whose blood was shed for the remission of our sins. In Leviticus, he is our sweet-smelling aroma from God. In Numbers, he is the bronze serpent on Moses' pole. And today in Deuteronomy, I want us to look at Jesus as the manna or the bread that came down from God from heaven. Are you with me, guys? Again, Luke 4, 3. Go just flip right back to it. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now let's look at it in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, if you want to flip over there. God is good. Amen. And he says this, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all, all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Now remember, they could have gotten through this wilderness in 14 days. And it took them 40 years. And not one of them survived. They, remember the, 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 the statement from God. You said your kids are going to become a curse. You're the ones that are going to die, and your kids are the ones that are going in. You remember that? 
He says only two people will be allowed in from this generation, Joshua and Caleb. And the reason was, you remember what the reason was? They had a different spirit. They had a different spirit. These 40 years, I, we went through the wilderness to humble you and test you. See, God tests us. Guys, this is Old Testament. All right? We're living under the grace of God in the New Testament. Let no man say when he is tempted, tested, or tried, I am being tested, tempted, or tried by God. The thief comes not before two. All right. To humble you. But let me say this with that. You're going to see a little statement that's going to come up. And this is what tests, trials, and even temptations do in our lives. Watch what he says here. To humble you and test you and know what was in your heart. Come on, guys. And know what was in your heart. Look. People can make lots of mistakes on the outside and still have a good heart. I get an amen on that. Now, people say, but what do, how do I know what's inside of me? The scripture tells you exactly how you know what's going on inside you. You ready for it? Ready? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's coming out of your mouth? That's where you know where you're at. It's easy to say, I love you, Lord. Ah, life is so good, Lord. Ah, when I'm in church. And some of you have a problem with that. I can't believe you took my seat today. I didn't take my seat. I tied here. I want this seat. This seat is mine. But the majority of times... We're okay in church. Some of you are looking at me and say, I wish I had a tomato to throw at you right now. See? See? But what happens when we leave church? What happens at home? What happens when the kids, oh Lord, I am not touchy, fretful, or resentful. I take no account of the evil done to me. I pay no attention to a suffer wrong. I just cut me up. Some of you don't know what this is. <laughs> Got to be Italian to know this one, right? My dad, when we were growing up, he had a parrot. This parrot cursed in Italian. <laughs> and then you get him upset and he go, oh, I'm telling you, he was a possessed parrot. But anyway, watch this. To know what's in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger. And he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man, here we go, shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Manna. Manna was a bread-like substance that the Lord miraculously provided his people as a sign of his loving care and, more importantly, of the fact that Israel needed to rely on God for their dependence. Amen? Their dependence on him. The children of Israel were doing what they did best, complaining. 
And God did what he did best, providing. Am I speaking to anybody today? For them, so he gave them bread from heaven. Let me show you this bread. Go over to Exodus 16.4. Exodus 16.4. You know what I think would be pretty cool? What would be pretty cool, Pastor? If they ever found the Ark of the Covenant, one of the things that is in the Ark of the Covenant was a jar of manna. And you wonder if that's still in there with Aaron's rod that budded and the Ten Commandments. That'd be quite a thing. Oh, people would get saved if they saw that. No, they won't. You know how many archaeological finds they are finding right now? They just, you might have heard the other day, the first discovery in 60 years of more of the Dead Sea Scrolls was just found just a, a little while. First time in 60 years that they found new portions of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And these weren't written in Hebrew. They were written in Greek. Very, very interesting stuff. But anyway, God's revealing. There are so many things that are being found right now. But man's eyes, they're going to have to be opened by, you know, by God, by their hearts. Amen. Exodus 16, 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. So God told them, here's what I want you to do. Go out, fill up one jar. That jar will be enough to last you the whole day. Don't keep any extra. What did many of them do? Took in extra, and what happened to the manna? It became stinky and full of maggots. On Friday it would be, because they celebrate the Sabbath, he said, go and fill up two jars and it won't go bad. And they did, and sure enough, it didn't go bad, right? Amazing. But he was testing them. He wanted to see where they were at. As we saw when Jesus was tempted by Satan to turn stones into bread, he used this verse in Deuteronomy to defeat the enemy and to show us that physical bread lasts for a little while. In fact, Anything of this life will only last for a little while. And it has limited values. Again, Luke 4, 4. But Jesus answered him saying, It is written, man shall not live, but by bread alone, by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. But the most important point that I want you to see and what the Bible wants you to see today is that Jesus, he is our bread of life. That he is our manna that came down from God from heaven. Amen. And now we're going to go on a journey for the next few minutes. Go with me to John chapter six, and you are going to look at some amazing stories and statements that are made that are just, I, I wonder how we would react to some of the statements that Jesus is going to make here without being born again. Once you're born again, the Spirit gives life. So he explains to us, to us. But remember who he's talking to here. These people are not born again. These are Jewish believers. Are you with me? All right. So here we go. John chapter 6, verse 1 through 14. Jesus feeds over 5,000 people, including their wives and their families, with five barley loaves, two small fish, two sardines. And they ended up with 12 baskets filled Leftover. So you can picture that scene, right? 
All right, guys, here we go. Five barley loaves, two small fish. And they just kept pouring it out, pouring it out. And then here's 12 people lined up and this little kid going home. Mama, look at this. And you might say, what in the world are they going to do with 12 baskets full of bread and, and things? It's all going to go bad. I wonder if this heavenly blessed food went bad for mama. What does that teach us there? You ever have times in your own life where unexpected bills come and all of a sudden there's just enough or there's an overflow or something happens here and you're like, how am I going to get through this? And you get through it. Everything works out. Everything's okay. Amen? All right. Then in verse 15 to 21, Jesus goes <laughs> and he walks on water. He says, ain't that cool? Look at Peter. Say, that spooked the dickens out of them guys, man. Here they're in the boat. They're fishing. There's a big storm. I don't know. Fishing. He said, go to the other side. There's a big storm. Waves coming. And here comes a person walking on water. Tell me what you would do. Oh, i just be, hallelujah, it's Jesus. You'd be going, ah! Possibly pee in your robe right there. All right, that's going on. John 6, 22. And then in verse 22 to 25, the people are trying to figure out how Jesus got there when he wasn't on the boat to start. I want to pick up on verse 26. Are you ready? Everybody there, John 6, 26? Say, we're there. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs. Interesting statement, right? But because you ate of the loaves and were filled. So it had to be in a, an amazing miracle. It just had to be to see that much food. You remember, I think it was Philip. How are we going to get enough food to feed all these people? It's going to take a month's worth of money to feed everybody. And yet they were just fed, right? So they saw this amazing miracle. But Jesus kind of brings it from the natural to the spiritual. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man gives to you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, watch this statement. Here's a question, a question in the Bible. It's probably one of the most important questions. What shall we do that we may work the works of God? How do we work the works of God? How do we put effort into this? And watch what Jesus says. He answers and said to them, this is the work of God. You ready? Here's the work of God. Believe in him whom he sent. What's the works of God? Believe in Jesus. People, every human being that ever was born from Adam and Eve to the last person born will be judged by this one statement here. Do you, did you believe in Jesus Christ? And if your statement is not, you enter into an eternal separation from God. If your statement is yes, you, you enter into an eternal life with God. This is the work of God. Verse 30, therefore they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? They didn't get it, did they? What work are you going to do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but Father, my Father, gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God, catch it now, is he. Do you see that? Who, what, where, when, who is the bread of God? He, Jesus. He says it, look, and it's in capital H right there. For the bread of God, the bread of God, they're looking at manna. He's saying, but the true bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only unique son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn us, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 34, then they said to him, Lord, interesting that they called him Lord there, right? Watch. Well, he's not just talking to Peter, James, John. He's talking to a group. And you'll find out who this group is in a little bit. Lord, give us this bread. Always. Jesus said to them, I am. I am. I am. I am that I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. Now, some of you are saying, I'm hungry right now. We're talking about a spiritual hunger here. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you that have seen me and yet do not believe. But I said, excuse me, I said say there. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, how many have come to Jesus here? Watch. I will by no means cast out. That's eternal security right there. If you believe on Jesus Christ, he will not cast you out. I like how Hebrew says, I, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In the actual Greek there, it says, I will not, I will not, I will not leave you nor forsake you. It's a guarantee that once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're going to heaven. It's a good thing. Amen? For I will by no means cast you out. Verse 38. For I have come down from heaven. Now he's talking. Look, he's saying, I have come down to he from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing. You ain't going to lose me, Lord. I'm staying close. But I should raise him up on the last day. Watch how many times he talks about the last days. People say, I want to hear about the rapture. Well, you better not read your Bible then because it's full of what's going to happen at the Lord's return. Amen? Verse 40. And this is the will of him who sent me, the will of God that sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life. And what? I will raise him up in the last days. Now we know how it's going to happen. The dead in Christ shall what? 
rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up in the sky to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. How's it going to happen? It's going to happen so quick that the Bible calls it a twinkling of an eye. That quick. Sometimes I think, oh, we're going to look up and see the sky open, and there's Jesus. No, being gone. You're going to go to one of your greatest family reunions ever. And there won't be there the uncle that you hated or something. Amen. He might be there, but you won't hate him anymore. Amen. All right. Keep going on. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, watch what they do. They go to the flesh. They go to the natural. Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who is in me draws him, and I will, come on, say it with me, raise him up at the last days. Well, Pastor, does that mean that people that have died in Christ? are in the grave. No, their bodies are in the grave. Right now, we have all redemptions except the flesh redemption and the mind. Amen? Our spirit man is born again, but the flesh from dust to dust, dust we came into the world, dust we go back. Amen? So no matter which way you die, no matter if it's George Washington that's dead hundreds of years and probably nothing left there, the Lord's got the book of remembrance. He knows what, how we were. Amen? He's just going to leave about, for me, 30 pounds in the grave. Amen. All right, here we go. Raise him up again. When? In the last days. It is written in the prophets, going back to the word. It is written. It is written. And they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he, Jesus, who is from God, he has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. How many believe in him? Watch what it says. Has everlasting life. Doesn't say we'll get everlasting life. When you are born again, you are a new man in Christ. You are a new creation. You are a new species of being that never existed before. At that moment, eternal life is in you. That's why it's a born again experience. Jesus said that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit and spirit. Don't marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. You cannot enter into eternity spiritually dead. Are you with me, guys? All right, keep going on. Verse 48, here we go again. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna, right what we're talking about, Deuteronomy, in the wilderness, and they're dead. This is the bread which came down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. Look what he's saying here. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread, now, here we go. Now, I want you to be unborn again for a minute, guys, and think like an unsaved person, one who's not renewed in their mind. Can you do that for five minutes here? And the bread that I, give, I shall give you is my flesh, which I shall give for the life 
of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Boy, Jesus, oh, you couldn't hold this one back, huh, Lord? Okay. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up, here we go again, in the last days. That's God's entire goal is to get to that last day. For my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed. Verse 56, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. What does that remind you of? Or reminds you of Count Dracula. No, no, no. Say spiritual. What does that remind you? Remind you of communion, right? Communion. Eat the bread, drink the blood. Verse 57. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. I love this statement. Ready? He who feeds on me. You ever just feed on the word of God? Just open it and you just chew it, right? He who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Verse 60. Then many of his disciples. So these were disciples. But it said they were Jews. Weren't they all Jews? Come on, follow me. Was Peter a Jew? Was James a Jew? Was John a Jew? Jesus had many disciples. There were 12 apostles. There were 12 major disciples. One fell, correct? Judas. Of those 12, there was the inner three, right? Peter, James, and John. Of those three there was one that was extremely special to him. Well, anybody know his name? John. And it's interesting that the revelation of Jesus Christ, who does he give it to? John. And John didn't see him anymore. They didn't see Jesus as the one that he laid his head on. He saw him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But he did see him as the Lamb of God also, right? Revelation. You know, you, I read the book of Revelation just about every day, a chapter of it. You know why? It says that you receive a special blessing for reading that book. So I just listen to it or read it because I like, I like blessings. Anybody like blessings? Yeah. All right. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, well, this is a hard saying. You think? Eat my flesh, drink my blood. Would you think that's a hard statement? Yeah. This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself, that his disciples complain, his disciples, his disciples complained about this. He says, does this offend you? <laughs> what then if you shall see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Everything in this flesh profits nothing. Doesn't mean don't enjoy a beautiful house. Doesn't mean don't have a nice car. Doesn't mean any of that. It says don't put your, 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 your eggs in that basket only. Amen. 
because the flesh profits nothing. The old saying, you never saw a U-Haul following, following a hearse. Amen? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, come on, say it with me. They are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. Watch verse 66. Interesting. 666, right? 66. For from that time, many of his disciples, I wonder how many there were. Maybe there were 500, maybe there were 200. I don't know. I mean, when Forrest Gump started running, a whole bunch of people started following him, right? So Jesus doing miracles, a whole bunch of people are following him. But watch. And from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus turns to the 12 and he says, oh, please don't leave me too. Please, please don't leave the church. I only said one wrong, wrong thing, please. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go? Look what Simon Peter, Peter definitely has did a few things wrong. Would you agree with that? Jesus had to cast the devil out of him once. Get behind me, Satan. Look at this. But Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Come on, say it with me. You have the words of of eternal life. Also, keep going. We have come to believe and know, know intimately, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. What a powerful statement. Tell me that doesn't go with Peter's other statement. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed art thou, Peter. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. And he makes this statement, you have the words of eternal life. And we have come to believe and know that you are Christ, the son of the living God. When you look at these disciples, remember, they're just men just like us. Come on, how about Elijah called fire down from heaven and on? But the Bible says in James, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. That's why I last week, I think I said it the week before, how many have seen the miniseries The Chosen, right? Because it shows Peter in such a fresh way. He doesn't walk around with no halo around his head. They're showing him boxing and fighting and gambling and, and drinking and some other stuff. Interesting. Very interesting way to portray him. I encourage you to watch that. I think you'll enjoy it. We have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Powerful. So we see that Jesus is the manna that came down from heaven. And as we feed on him, we receive that eternal life. So finding Jesus in the book of Deuteronomy, he is the manna that came down from heaven. Amen, church family. Amen. Now, next week is Palm Sunday, so we're going to go in a different direction. And the following week is Easter. We'll go in a, the resurrection. But this red thread, the next week is Joshua, where that red thread 
happened. The scarlet thread of redemption happened in the book of Joshua. And you know who it happened to? A girl, a lady named Rahab, who was a harlot. And God, if he could use Rahab, she became the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus Christ. God is awesome, guys. He is forgiving. He is loving. These people that, oh, I messed up. God can't accept me anymore. You have not read your Bible. Amen? He is a good God. A good God. Let's close in prayer today. Praise you, Lord. Father, I thank you for this privilege that you have given me to share the word of life today. To find Jesus in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and now Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses, the Pentateuchs, Lord. Wow. Wow. I've enjoyed this journey, studying this out. I pray it's been a blessing to your people, Lord, because it's all about Jesus. We want to see him. Church family, I have preached the word of God, the gospel. And I believe signs and wonders will accompany the words spoken. If you have an ailment, a sickness in your body, I would like you to stand up right now and let me pray for you before you leave today. Just stand up. Just stand up. Don't be embarrassed. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. And let me pray for you today. Let me pray for you. In Jesus' name, we speak health and healing over our brothers and sisters today. You said, Father, these signs will accompany those that believe. One of the signs was healing, Lord. So we pray right now for healing in these bodies. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet. I thank you. That on that cross, you bore our sicknesses, you carried our diseases, <clears throat> and by your stripes, we were healed. Now, those that are standing up, say this for me. I receive the healing power of God in my body right now for, you don't have to say it out loud, say whatever it is. And I thank you, Father. Come on, say it. And I thank you, Father, that by your stripes, by the beatings that you bore, the lashes that fell on your back, I am completely healed. I receive it, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and be seated. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord, to be your Savior, and you would excuse me, like to make that decision today. The greatest decision because we are living in the last of the last days. We are living at the point of the Lord's return. So close, so close. If you have never asked Jesus into your heart, then I ask you to pray this prayer with me. We'll all pray it together to help you, to make it easy for you. But you need to pray it with your mouth and you need to believe it in your heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So say this with me. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ, he is the son of God. I believe 
that he died on the cross, that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. I thank you that I repent of my sins. I thank you that you said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I call on that name. Jesus, thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. No one looking around. One minute will be done. Just a couple minutes. But if you're here today and you prayed that prayer, I want to say congratulations. What I'd like to do is give you a free gift. I won't ask you to stand or come to the front. One of our altar workers will bring you this gift for you to take home. We're not going to take your name, nothing. We want to get you started. We want to put this gift in your hand. If you don't have a, a Bible, we want to give you a New Testament Bible free of charge. Little card in that package, take it to the bookstore and they'll go ahead and give it. If you say, oh, I didn't find the card and just go to the bookstore and they'll give you that, that Bible because we want you to grow in your newfound faith. So if you are accepting Jesus Christ for the very first time or you have accepted the Lord, but you're not living for him, you want to rededicate your life today, or maybe you're not sure yet, you're still seeking but you would like this package to take, then with no one looking around, this is between you, Almighty God, myself, and one altar worker that'll bring you this gift. Would you slip your hand up? Let me see it. After I see it, you put it right back down, and we'll make sure they come to you. If something in you is saying, I should, then you should. The days are so evil. The days are so intense. Dear Lord, we had a young man, 16 years old, die in a tractor accident. We had a young girl, 13 years old, die in a fire. Don't take it for granted that you're going to live to be 80, 90 years old. There's no promise on that one, guys. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Let the altar workers put this in your hand and get to know Jesus Christ. All right? then we're all believers and I believe in the day of the rapture, the catching up, the hepazo will all be gone. This place will be empty. Amen. God bless you, church family. Have a great day. God is good. You know, I was thinking as he was preaching and I'm, I'm just loving this series so much about the bread of life, right? And how some of us can't go one whole day, probably a couple hours without eating. And you know what? This, that's how important the Word of God is for us. I mean, every time you eat, you should think, I need some Word. Because your spirit is way more important than your flesh. And you really could do. Yes. Oh, I, yeah, so you it totally interrupted me. But that's okay. Because I, I know this is way more important. There's a prayer meeting at the end of service, and I don't remember what I was saying anyway, so it's all good. I'm going to pray for you. Prayer meeting at the end of service, um, if you want to uh, join him for prayer. Whatever. Oh, okay. You know, that's, well, anyway. Um, close your eyes. 
bow your heads. That's what we used to be told, right? And I'm going to pray for you. Father, thank you for the word that went forth. Thank you, Lord, that you are the bread of life. And we can't live without you. Not, not for any, any amount of time we need you, just like we need bread. And I thank you, Lord, that you strengthen and encourage our spirits and you give us the strength we need to share with others the life that you have given us in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me? I want to bless you from the word of God. The Lord bless you, keep you, protect you, sustain you, and guard you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his face upon you with divine approval and give you peace, a tranquil heart and life. We confess that we are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors, we are greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved. We are blessed to be a blessing. Thank you so much for worshiping with us. Hope to see you online on Wednesday night.